Welcome to Day 2 Cloud. We've got a sponsored episode today with a shiny new cloud security startup, Vaultix, who wants to talk tech. Yeah, the, the Vaultix website describes their product as the first and only multi-cloud network security platform delivered as a service that enables cloud teams to meet the most stringent security requirements in a cloud-first and simple way. But if I could like break that down, there's a lot of promises in that sense, but we've got security. Of course, it's a security startup, but the way the security is delivered is where they sprinkle a little bit of magic. We're talking multi-cloud as a service, accessible to teams, cloud-first, and above all, simple. Yes, Ned, and Vaultix has sponsored today's episode to pretty much prove all of that. They're going to explain exactly how they are delivering cloud-first, simple security to your public cloud environments. Now, now, maybe you've got some virtual firewall on the cloud more or less mirroring what you've got on-premises, and you think, that's good enough. If that's where you're at, I challenge you to listen to this episode to understand the Vaultix approach. For most of you, the Vaultix architecture is not the same thing you're doing today, and I think you're going to find the tech worth considering. That's right. So our guests today are Vishal Jain, co-founder and CTO, and Douglas Murray, CEO at Vaultix. Both of these gentlemen are folks you've heard of if you've been paying attention to successful networking startups over the last decade plus, but you'll hear their brief intros in just a moment. Indeed. Please enjoy our conversation with Vishal and Doug. Vishal, welcome to Day 2 Cloud. It is a pleasure to have you here today, sir. Would you introduce yourself just briefly to the audience? Thank you, Ethan, and thank you, Ned. Uh, my name is uh, Vishal. I am the co-founder and CTO of Vaultix. Uh, I'm coming from the background of networking, security, and cloud. Before starting Vaultix, I was one of the early members of the ACI team. We saw how the software-defined networking revolutionized networking. Uh, we saw it lacking on the network security side, especially as the enterprises are going to the cloud. So we are bringing the same concepts, of course, the newer problems, the newer use cases, technology can be reused part of that. Yes, exactly. Be here. Yeah, you said the ACI team, and that was uh, that was a bit of an understatement the way you phrased that. You were you were certainly heavily involved with uh, with all of that. But again, nice to have you on the show today. And, and Doug Murray, same question to you. Would you briefly introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, sure. Uh, again, great to be here, guys. Appreciate the time. Uh, so I'm Doug Murray, I'm the CEO of Vaultix. Uh, I joined Vishal and his co-founders on the journey a year ago. Um, really excited about the company. Uh, before that, I spent seven years as CEO of a company called Big Switch Networks, which I know you guys know well. Um, the company was sold to Arista, gosh, almost two years ago now, which is just uh, amazing to me. Uh, and then before that, I spent a long time at Juniper. Uh, most relevant for this discussion is uh, I was the GM of the security business unit, uh, aka NetScreen, uh, for a number of years. So. Uh, this this gets me really excited because you know, the Vaultix play is one that marries both the networking world of the past that both Michelle and I have, uh, but also the security uh, the security assets as well. So excited for the dialogue today. NetScreen, man, you took me back when you said that brand. Boy, oh boy, I worked at a VAR once upon a time. I I installed some NetScreen back in the day. I still have NetScreen stickies on my desk. Yes. We, we're here to talk about Vaultix. So so Doug, give us the elevator pitch. Uh, who is Vaultix? What does Vaultix do? Yeah, so so at Vaultix, so we have a multi-cloud security platform that we deliver as a service. So what does that mean? Like, let's break it down. So as people move from data centers into the public clouds, of course, security and your security disposition plays a critical role in that journey, right? So our platform includes all the relevant features that you would expect from a NetSec point of view. So, you know, app firewall, IDS, IPS, DLP, AV, et cetera, et cetera. 
But really what makes us different is not just the security that we do well, it's, it's actually how we do it. So it, it comes in, into play using several things. So first we uh, have continuous visibility, which really allows for a constant understanding of what uh, people are doing, what's happening in, with their cloud workloads, right? So we tie into the CSPs a, a, APIs themselves and are doing that on a continuous basis. Um, the second thing is the architecture that we leverage. We'll get deep on that today, but it, it really plays to the original uh, thesis of, of software-defined networking, which is the logical separation, the control plane and the data plane. Um, and that's something that's incredibly unique and is uh, very cloud-friendly. Um, and then lastly, simplicity, right? How do you do this in a way that is incredibly intuitive, easy to use, supports platforms like Terraform, et cetera, where you can then have one policy plane that you can use across regions, you can use across clouds, and just makes the overall experience much more cloud-native, cloud-friendly. And so today we're live in AWS, in Azure, GCP, and Oracle Cloud, and have paying customers across all of them. Uh, yeah, you'll have to sell us on the whole simple thing because uh, what you're doing isn't simple. So if it's simple to consume, I mean, you'll have to make us a believer as the, the show goes. That's uh, what we're here to do. Okay. Yep. Yeah, you yeah. just mentioned uh, four different clouds that all have very distinct and different approaches to networking and security. And how is there a common control plane or something that that you configure your solution across all of those? Or do you have like a one in each little bubble for each cloud? Sure, that's a great question, Ned. Yeah, so we have a common control plane. So think about like we took uh, whatever, like the policies, management, all into up in the air into a cloud and it is delivered as a SaaS. So you don't install anything. So it is delivered as a SaaS, which simplifies your operations uh, in a heavy way. Now, single uh, control pane can see across four clouds, across your uh, VNets, VPCs, accounts, subscriptions, and can have real-time visibility into what's happening there. And then can you can define policies um, which can span across your cloud, and then we enforce them in each data plane. So the data plane is customer cloud resident, but the control plane is delivered as SaaS and global. Okay, and for that data plane, are we talking only about components that Vaultix is managing, or are we also talking about some of the cloud-native functionality, thinking like network security groups in Azure or some sort of firewall within AWS? So yes, so we 90% of the time, we manage like our gateways running in the customer accounts and do security on them. But there are instances where uh, you can be in the path. Uh, the customer might have uh, NSG, as you said, so uh, the control plane can see everything and can also manage that. Okay, so uh, that, that begs the question, um, if we could compare this to some of the other security related, related products that are in the cloud, how does this stack up to things like security groups in AWS that control the flow between different groups of instances or the native AWS and Azure firewalls? Let's, let's just start with, with those two. How does it stack up or, or, or integrate maybe with those existing solutions? That's actually one of the things that got me really excited about joining the company. Uh, when you look at, at what's in, in market today, uh, just from an EPSEC perspective, people are trying to do so, at times some fairly unnatural acts to try to make this work effectively. Um, you know, in one respect, you have uh, offerings from the CSPs, as you've mentioned. So security groups, which is uh, commonly used. Uh, AWS is a lightweight firewall, so does Azure. Um, and that may be sufficient for somebody who has maybe one or two applications, maybe is just uh, sitting in AWS only or Azure only. 
where we really shine is when uh, people are deeper in their cloud journey uh, by design or multi-region uh, and or multi-cloud. And having a common policy plane is something that's incredibly important for them. So, so one is you know, the, the multi-cloud element of this. Um, and then the other, of course, is yeah, the other bookend is, is the traditional vendors taking virtual instances of their appliances and taking a box-like approach and throwing that into public cloud. Um, and clearly we see that as insufficient. So what happens if I'm, hmm, I'm trying to position this like with uh, maybe not cloud native stuff so much, but more like uh, I got a checkpoint or a Palo box that I'm running uh, as a firewall up in my uh, up in my public cloud instance. Did, would Vaultics replace that or augment that or manage that for me? How does that fit? I think in, in most instances we would be replacing it, right? So if you look at, if you look at the experience that somebody would have from a more traditional firewall, traditional firewall was built for uh, data centers and they do it really well, right? So companies like like Cisco, like Palo Alto Checkpoint do a remarkable job of creating a cookie cutter-like approach to network security for data centers, right? They've done it for a long time. They, they have been remarkably successful doing that. What we see is that as people move to public cloud, cloud is just different and it warrants a different architecture. It, it really uh, warrants a, a, a different way to look at, at how one would employ network-based security. And for us, that's where you know taking a lot of what we learned in SDN, I think, uh, plays such a pivotal role in this. So it's not about taking a virtual, uh, you know, Palo Alto box and just trying to uh, you know roll it right into public cloud. It's really trying to provide a comprehensive experience for end users. So what we see is that we'll have a lot of our customers that we have today use companies like Palo Alto or Cisco on prem, and they use us for the the public cloud elements of what they do. Uh, interesting. Okay. Well, based on that answer. I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, Doug. Uh, how does Vaultix fit if I'm, say, a Zscaler or a Netscope sort of a customer? That That is the model where yep. there's some kind of a redirection happening so that inspection can happen to the by this third party as traffic is flowing between me and the cloud. Great question. Um, so when you look at, at this specific space, so the so companies like Netscope and, and Zscaler, again, great, great companies on, on Amazing Cares right now, they really focus on the user aspect of security, right? So, and that's where they shine, they do that well. Where we sit is, I'll call it the other side of, uh, of security, which is really more on, uh, on the network and application side. And so, so that's a, you know, very similar to what you would see in the data centers themselves where you'll have user, but then you also have the network aspect. We focus on the network aspect of, of public cloud security. Okay, I think I, I understand where you're sitting in the application and network stack. So the next question would be, I, I think we've already gotten a sense of this a little bit, but who are you targeting with the Vaultix solution? What type of organization is your ideal customer and where might you not be a good fit? Yeah, so when we look at, at our customer base, if somebody is, is mostly like, if you're a Fortune 500 account, you're 95% on-prem and data centers and you're just dabbling in public cloud, probably not ready for us yet. I think you might be at some point in the next, hopefully three to five years. Uh, where we see the sweet spot is typically people that uh, are deeper in their cloud journey. The majority of what they do sits in, in public cloud. I mean, they still might have data centers, but they're committed to a, a public cloud strategy. And, uh, and typically they uh, have challenges because they leverage more than one cloud. So uh, you know, recently as an example, we had uh, we added Oracle Cloud because we had a customer that was managing workloads across AWS and OCI and wanted a common experience. And so we started the process of, of building that into the, the platform as well. Interesting. If I am only in one cloud, let's say I am an organization that has most of my workloads in AWS, does Vaultix, would there still be an advantage there for me or should I just stick with the, the cloud native features? 
Now they're absolutely advantageous, especially if you have multiple multiple applications um, and you're uh, you have a lot of different services that you're using in, in say AWS. Uh, we're we're a great fit for that. Uh, people that are multi-region that have uh, challenges when we look at things like um, at e point of egress, so traffic leaving your account, going off to past services, making sure that layer is secure. Um, it's, it's it's certainly something that is is warranted, and, and many of our customers are single cloud, but multiple applications across the that uh, specific cloud. Vishal, did you want to jump in there? Because I saw you nodding vigorously. Yeah, no, um, I can add there. Like, uh, so uh, we even uh, in a single cloud. Uh, if you take the basic security from the cloud vendors, right? I mean, I think as you can see, they do the bare minimum. Uh, infrastructure companies are never leaders in security. I mean, I'm coming from the background, uh, was in Microsoft long time back. We had Windows firewall. Uh, people still deployed uh, your know, next-gen firewalls, right? So they do bare minimum. So if you are serious about security, and if you're single cloud, you cannot just use native controls from the AWS or Azure. They do a bare minimum job. Well, then let's get into the architecture of this, Vishal. I want to understand from an engineering perspective how this all works. So over the next bit, let's let's piece this all together. Let's start at the beginning. If I'm installing Vaultix, what, what is it that I'm installing? I know there's a control plane component, there's a data plane component, but is there an agent? Is there a virtual firewall sort of a thing in an EC2 instance? Give us the high level. Yeah, so this is a good problem and a good question. We are so conditioned to boxes in the network security world yes. that we talk about installing a virtual box, a virtual appliance. No, in Vaultix, you install nothing. You install nothing. You as a customer install nothing. The control plane is delivered as a SaaS. You log into the control plane, you give your um, AWS or Azure credentials. And then yes, we do have a cloud customer resident data plane, but you don't install it. Vaultix control plane, fully takes care of that. So the thing is you own your network security infrastructure because your data plane runs in the customer accounts, which basically means your keys, your traffic stays in your account, but you don't have to maintain it. I mean, in some sense, what I will always say is we are making network security for kind of from a noun to a verb. You don't install nouns, you just use it. So you just instantiate that, right? So that's what we are bringing in to um, the cloud world. And that's where uh, in a lot of our um, things, we call it unboxing. So we are kind of the anti-box. We don't take those boxes and install them and uh, you manage yourself. And that's, I think, the biggest value where um, like even a single cloud across cloud where customers see uh, things about operationalizing. If you take boxes, then the you as an enterprise spend 90% time trying to make them operational. How do you install them? How do you upgrade them? How do you scale them? And you spend 10% of time on security. With Vaultix, I would say you pretty much spend about 10% time on operational aspects and 90% time on doing security. Oh, it, it's the SDN model. I've got a controller and the controller is the thing that sits above whatever's happening underneath. And in a sense, I don't want to have to care about individual boxes. I want to manage the system as a whole. So what you're describing to me is I log into Vaultix, which you provide for me, the login. And I assume then I'm going to give uh, keys and enable Vaultix to talk to all of my different public cloud instances. And then as I build policy, as I describe where enforcement points are going to be, Vaultix is dealing with all of that 
for me. And there, there's not a, it sounds like from what you're saying, there's not a point where I actually have to install that data plane box. I'm not standing up a, a, an EC2 firewall, at least not by hand. Not by hand. And I think I'm coming from the world of SDN. There were two differences. First of all, the control plane in that world, you still deploy a bunch of VMs and manage it, right? Now, <laughs> the cloud happened. Uh, we do lean on the new technologies, right? So control plane is SaaS delivered. So we make it more scalable. And that's why we can uh, span across accounts, across cloud. We lean on a lot of new cloud technologies, as we talked about, Datadog, Snowflake, Elastic. We use all those cloud constructs. We lean on them and build our control plane. So you don't install anything. For example, in the world of NSX, ACI, you still install that controller in your account and manage it. Here, you don't. And second thing is um, the data plane, uh, because of the right credentials um, of, like say, IAM, we have the access and we can install in the customer account enforcement points without they have to worrying about it, right? So just, just say, I give me two to five scale, just to make sure that they don't really outrun their budgets. And we take care of everything for them. And that's the beauty of what we bring in. So it is um, SDN, but we uh, decoupled our data plane control plane, but the comparison stopped there because we do a lot more because mm. it's cloud delivered. Well, you said the magic words there. You, you, we were saying you don't install anything, but that doesn't mean nothing gets installed. Something is getting installed. It's just Vaultix is doing it for me. So, so zoom in on that part of the architecture then. Uh, what is it that's actually installed? You, you said enforcement point, which sounds like a firewall or a box to me. I know it's not a box, but you know, go ahead, explain that to us. Yeah, so it definitely is something which runs on a EC2 compute in AWS or Azure compute. Think about how you think about AWS load balancer. There's something there, something installed, but you don't know about it. So yes, so there is uh, uh, our uh, software uh, installs on data plane on an EC2 compute, and then uh, it's a scale out uh, uh, cluster. We have right orchestrations to get in the path for ingress, egress, east-west. And that's another beauty of that. Every cloud offers different cloud constructs for getting in the path, routing. We normalize all that. And that's the thing. From the control pin perspective, the customer just gives the intent. I want to do a spoken hub model. Okay, you give the intent, we take care of rest. Oh, I want to use a distributed security model. I want to bake my security HVPC. We take care of that. So we don't impose a network security architecture, we ask customer to just give the intent and we take care of rest, normalize the operations, normalize the cloud capabilities and give them a single uh, management plane, single policy plane delivered as a SaaS. You just justified why it's not a box because this doesn't sit on the perimeter and it doesn't sit in this specific place between these two points. It's not like a firewall. It's not in that way. It's not that kind of thinking because you said inbound, outbound, east, west, meaning you can enforce policy anywhere within the VPC, whatever the group is. And, uh, and it's policy that defines how that is getting done. So now I, I think if I was missing it before, it just clicked for me, Vishal. So that, that sort of begs the question, how does it get in the path? How does it become that enforcement point? And maybe we can zoom in on a specific cloud uh, just just to, because I know it's going to be different for all the different clouds. So let's just use AWS as a representative example. I, you know, set up the control plane. I am going to go deploy the data, data plane with my AWS account. What are you actually creating 
on your side to create that data plane and get in the path of my network traffic. And, and please, Vishal, don't say it's an agent or I'm going to cry a little. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not I mean, I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not an agent. And I think that's a great segue into one thing I want to point here. Like uh, a lot of the customers uh, we have, right? It's always about security and agility. And you will know all about that, right? They're always at loggerheads, always at tension. In the cloud, it's all about agility. So as our goal is how you can provide security, the same visibility, same controls, but not compromise the agility. So uh, any agent-based solution, you're actually compromising the agility. You have to install agents. A lot of the enterprises have in the cloud a variable architecture. They use PaaS services. They use serverless. How do you install agents on them? Network is a common point. It's a great point to get visibility and control. Every app touches it. And that's kind of led to the founding principles why we built Vaultix. Um, now, coming to your question, Ned, about double-clicking on AWS, how do you get in the path? Yes. So thanks to um, all the cloud uh, providers, they do offer uh, ways to get in the path, like an AWS, um, you can do and hub and spoke architecture by doing transit gateway, gate load balancer, or um, uh, various ways. So what you do is you just specify that I want to be in a hub and spoke architecture, Vaultix will install uh, security, our uh, gateways in a security VPC in customer's account. We will integrate with the AWS routing, uh, get all the traffic from the spoke VPCs where the applications are running to this security VPC and can do ingress security, egress and east-west between your applications, between your VPCs. That's kind of the like under the hood, but from the customer point of view, they don't know that. I mean, they, they know that, but they don't care about that. It's fully managed. Yeah. So you, you use routing then to, to stick your gateway in the path. Uh, but again, to stress this, it's all automated. I'm building policy. You're figuring out the mechanics underneath to force that traffic through the gateway. That is correct. So for example, on the ingress side, uh, we become a reverse proxy. Uh, on the uh, egress side, we can be in the forwarding mode. We can be the forward proxy in the east-west side again. So we support all those ways to get in the path. And uh, the cloud provider does offer a lot of those cloud constructs and we use them to get in the path. I see. So you're not only standing between me and the internet, like my VPC and the internet, you're also standing between two VPCs to filter that traffic between on-prem and that VPC or potentially another cloud. So by, by setting up that security VPC that's doing the inspection, you can get in the path of a lot of different things. Is the general, uh, do you generally deploy one data plane instance per region? Is that the usual architecture or is it data plane per account sort of what, how does that usually get set up? Yep. No, so I think uh, typically what we see is again, um, I hate to use the word instance because it's not a box. So <laughs> when we call a gateway uh, as an abstraction of think about like a scale out cluster. So it's never a single, um, single instance. Think about mm -hmm. a bunch of easy to compute running um, across availability zones. So we have the full state of that uh, in the control plane. So we can take care of high availability, reliability. Typically you install uh, one gateway underneath it's a cluster of gateway instances in one region. Customers can choose it uh, to run that uh, hub VPC across accounts within each account, 
we again do not impose the architecture we let customers use what they want they give the intent and we support what they want and that's the beauty of it i mean there was a question earlier about uh, zscaler netscope so yeah we our customer our data plane is customer cloud resident so we don't like pull traffic out so we don't have access to the control plane does not have access to the data network keys but we still can enforce everything close to the application so how do i how do i size this thing then because of where it goes and how the traffic flows i need to be able to process all the traffic especially if i'm going all the way up the stack with dpi is it is it an auto scaling exercise or do i actually have to think about how big i maybe should be should have an ec2 instance sized so again comes the same thing about unboxing so in the box world you will talk about how big you choose a box you will talk about fail open <laughs> fail close <laughs> Cloud is not about that. You don't fail open, you fail close. You are elastic. As your applications increase, as your number of VPC VNets increase, as your traffic increases, Voltix will elastically scale up and down uh, that gateway. And uh, controller is again the brain behind that. Uh, every um, second, it gets the state of uh, each instance, figures out what's going on. It's reachable, uh, CPU, memory, a lot of other parameters, and then pretty much it's a fabric. It scales up and down with your traffic, with your applications. So do I do I bound it in some way then? Because if I'm scaling up, it's going to cost me something. So if something goes really badly wrong, um, maybe I want to cap how big it gets. So we do uh, allow you to cap it. Like typically the customers use like uh, min size, min is typically two. Uh, you want to run two or one in each availability zone, and then the max can be, think about five or six, depending on their uh, application traffic. Single instance can still do a lot of um, throughput. I mean, we built a single pass architecture for your inspection. So compared to any competition, which were all built on a hardware and then shoved into a, a VM in the cloud, we can still do like three or four X times of that. And we have decryption built in. So it's not like you will hear 80% performance goes down because of decryption. No, we have a single pass architecture. Of course, performance goes down because of uh, decryption, but the customer doesn't care because it's a scale out elastic cluster. I was just going to ask you about decryption because in theory, you're in more or less x86, right? Or are you? Are you able to do cryptographic acceleration? Yeah, we have a, a version in AWS where we can leverage the FPGA instances yeah. to do the thing. But again, um, today uh, in deployments, uh, we still use x86 because the customers have not hit those uh, bandwidth requirements. I mean, I think the cloud is still like they have more distributed architecture. As you can see, there's no single gate. Cloud is more dynamic, more distributed, more regions. So you don't have like a single point to get like this 50 gig, 100 gig traffic. So x86 is still good enough. And then we scale out. Gotcha. So that I think we've got a pretty good idea of what the architecture looks like from a data plane and a control plane. So that, I think that leads us naturally into the next portion, which is where you said customers are sending, spending 90% of their time in policy, creating policies and enforcing them. So can you describe what, what, what goes into a policy? What are you actually building in that control plane? Yeah, with Voltix, uh, they spend 90% time doing policies, looking at the visibility reports, looking at the uh, security, right? So what goes in a policy, again, uh, we all come from that world of network and security. 
it, the policies are always based on identity and the context. Now, the identity and the context has changed when you move from data center to the cloud. In the data center, identity was all about IP addresses, uh, subnets, interfaces. Mm -hmm. Now in the cloud, they mean nothing, right? So <laughs> through our discovery, which is a big piece of the control plane, we discover using the cloud APIs, applications, the user-defined tags, um, which VPCs are running on. So for example, we get the policies defined in terms of identities, like the tags and the context, like uh, where they're running. Think about you want to have an application A in a production VPC have one policy, but an application B in a dev VPC has a different policy. So you do that right abstraction, you uh, have a minimum policies, control plane magically takes care of that, translates them to imperative policies enforced in the data plane. So from the customer point of view, you define the intent, you must have heard about that, intent-based policies, you define mm -hmm. the intent, we take care of rest and we enforce that in data plane. Okay, okay. So if I have a bunch of EC2 instances that I want a policy applied to, I can just set a metadata tag on those instances. That will be picked up by the policy and the appropriate rules will be enforced against those instances. Okay, that makes And I could do that for source and destination, right? I'm not just limited to source tags. That is correct. I mean, you, for example, talk, and you can even do more abstraction. You can do, for example, in Azure resource groups, which basically means bunch of applications. So mm -hmm. a bunch of applications can talk to other bunch of applications and have this policy. So we can, we have all the membership. Okay, what belongs to our resource group? What are the IP addresses for each application in that resource group? And we do it across your ES, your PaaS, your containers, whatnot. So from the customer point of view, they just give the intent uh, across the resources and write abstractions and then we take care of the rest. Yeah, because ultimately it does come down to there's an IP address that's being monitored and and denied if the rule is uh, is uh, demands that. But the point is you're dealing with all of that as a policy writer. I'm functioning at a way higher level again with metadata or tags net as you mentioned and writing policy against those things. And then it is up to Vaultix to. Uh, compile all of that information, come up with a policy, and then keep keep going with it because the cloud environment is going to be ephemeral. There's a short life cycle to some of the objects that might be there. And uh, and so I assume then you're monitoring in real time and then recompiling policy more or less constantly to reflect the current reality of the cloud environment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why I said, like the, and Doug explained, the control plane visibility becomes super important. You need to get a real-time visibility into changes happening in the cloud. So we listen to all that. And again, it's a very scalable architecture built using a pub sub model. I mean, you're right, Ethan, routers and the network does not know tags. In the end, it has to become an IP address. Yeah. Like in the coming from the SDN world, they didn't know EPGs. They only know VLANs and they only know IP addresses, right? So uh, what from the point of view of customer, it's all about being app-centric. And that's, I think, one of the key things what we built. It's all about apps in the cloud. And that's why we said the operation aspects, it's all about apps. Focus on apps, not on operationalizing security. That's where customers deploy us. Define policies in terms of apps, not in terms of IP addresses. So again, app-centric is a mantra we follow on everything we do here. Right. There's still a piece of this, though, that is a little intimidating because I don't want to have to walk in as a brand new Vaultix administrator and build a policy from scratch. Do you help me build the policy somehow? 
Yeah, we definitely do. I mean, uh, uh, especially for the enterprises coming from the on-prem, then they say, okay, I have these applications. Uh, I had this environment in the in the on-prem. Can you help? Yeah, we we have some tools. Plus, on top of that, uh, the cloud is not same as data center. So we work closely. Our services team can work closely with them and define the policies. But once you define them, it's all about just running. So that's why they get the right agility. If they use IP addresses and whatnot, every change requires five days. You need to make a change, open a ticket, then um, ask for approvals, figure out. And now, main thing is, as I said, we reduce the tension between agility and security. And everything we do here for security and for ops is towards that. Are there any, is there anything in the product that helps me model out what a change might do? Because that's another big thing that I worry about is I'm about to apply the security policy or maybe an update to that security policy. And I don't want to blow everything up, right? I don't want to start blocking good packets and have my application owner screaming at me. So do you either model it or allow uh, deployment in a monitoring mode so I don't blow up my application owner's traffic? Yeah, I mean, uh, these are all standard things which we have built over like uh, in the other products, right? You first make the changes, uh, put some new rules, uh, be in the monitoring mode, and uh, and you see uh, how it's going, and then you make them enforced. The good thing about it is a central control plane. So again, um, you're not managing individual boxes, you're not managing individual places. You just do at one place. If you get new threats like few days back, a new threat came, uh, oh my God, right? You don't have to worry about it. Uh, we have an auto update of those in the control plane and we push it out to the data plane. So from the customer point of view, again, as I said, they focus on apps. They don't focus on like operationalizing these things. What's the plumbing between the control plane and the data plane so I can push policy and such? So again, uh, everything happens uh, via a mutual TLS connection between the control plane data plane. So uh, the idea is that you can't just spin up a random data plane uh, and then join the control plane. There is a mutual authentication and uh, and then everything is secure. Uh, what happens on the control plane is global policies, which are pushed to um, the data plane, which enforces them. And then the logs and metadata from those uh, events come to the control plane where we give all the right analytics your indicator of compromises, and then we can also integrate with your SIM systems, your source and whatnot. So it, the tool is not like a standalone tool and you just take it. It integrates very well with your SOC and your entire uh, ecosystem. Let's expand this out from, because we, we tend to think of instances, virtual machines, our applications running on that, but you know, cloud's got a little bit more to it than just that. So let's expand this out to other services on the cloud. And maybe we can talk about two different things. One would be Kubernetes, and if Vaultix has an integration there, and then maybe some of the other PaaS and, uh, type and maybe serverless functions. But first, let's start with Kubernetes. Is there an integration between Vaultix and Kubernetes? Yeah, that's a great question again. So yes, yeah, so we are sitting in the network. So the way we play is that uh, we can be an ingress to a Kubernetes cluster. We can be an egress out. We can um, play between Kubernetes and let's say talking to a container cluster, talking to a VM, talking to a PaaS service. Uh, today, um, we work with them. We 
again, um, maybe tomorrow we have a presence in the Kubernetes uh, like uh, sidecar. Today we don't do that. There are enough solutions doing that uh, and uh, uh, we can integrate with them. But when we say network, it doesn't make sense to take everything out from a Kubernetes pod to outside. So we, we play between container cluster and out and anything coming into it anything going out. And we have deployments with customers like that. I mean, um, Kubernetes security offers basic segmentation, but if you want deep security, want to make sure you don't leak it out, you do right um, um, deep packet inspection security, then we come into picture. Gotcha, gotcha. So communication between pods on the same cluster, you're not getting in the path of there, but you can be that egress or ingress to that cluster and protect the traffic that way. That's correct. And uh, even east-west from that cluster to, let's say, a PaaS service or to, let's say, a bare metal on application or a VM. Right. So the PaaS services, let's say I'm using Azure App Service or AWS Lambda, something along those lines. Are there some integrations there? Or again, is it just between the traffic on those services and any other virtual machines or other services you're running in the cloud? Yeah. No, so again, if we discover all those applications, we discover the past services. The discovery knows about the resources and things like those. Now, um, we uh, there are ways to get in the path, for example, for a serverless application. You can be a proxy there, right? So we have a proxy built in into data plane. Now, as I said earlier, 90% of the time, we can be in the path, but we do depend on the cloud provider uh, for a lot of things. So there are instances for example, for a PaaS service, think about a private endpoint or whatnot where you can be in the path. Now, where we come in is the control plane is aware of all that. All these PaaS services do support network ACLs. What we do is give it the right abstraction where instead of them defining uh, network ACLs in terms of IP addresses, they can now define a policy again in terms of the tags. A resource group A can talk to a Cosmos DB, not about IP A, IP B, IP C can talk to the Cosmos DB, and we can do the right programming from the control plane to those PaaS APIs. So again, okay. we really want to be in the path. We do depend on the cloud provider, and most of the time we are in the path because of the right architecture, but there are instances where we cannot. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, we take care of it. Right, right. There's some services where you can put like a VNet service endpoint in Azure or something, and you could get in the path then. But if you can't get in that path, then you can at least uh, marry up the tagging to use the native cloud constructs. That that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Now, most people are going to have an existing cloud real estate, right? They're not coming from Greenfield. They have stuff that's already deployed. And I would get a little nervous about suddenly shifting all my traffic over <laughs> to Vaultix. You, you say nervous, I, Ned. I'll say utterly terrified. But yeah, okay. That nervous. would be the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how does one go from not having Vaultix deployed to having Vaultix deployed without blowing up my existing environment? So we support multiple use cases, right? As I said, ingress, egress, east-west, visibility, correct? So you don't have to, there are enterprises where they're like, okay, I am hybrid. I am using uh, um, my own uh, favorite virtual firewall to connect to the data center. Uh, and that's how I extend my data center to the cloud. Fine, we don't have to worry about uh, replacing that. First thing is visibility. So now they deploy us in the visibility mode. As I said, visibility does not require installing any gateway in your account, right? It's self-serve. You just give your read-only credentials into the controller and 
it's like few minutes and we start reading all your VPC logs, VNets logs, DNS logs, your tags, and we triangulate all that in a very app-centric way, give them the indicator of compromises. Now the customer will see, okay, I have everything protected on the ingress side through, let's say, my uh, virtual firewall, but my egress is still open. Uh, I'm talking to a SaaS API, talking to a GitHub. How do I enforce policies? So then you can deploy Vaultix again in a few minutes. So we don't have to do like everything we do. No, mm. we can give enter with one use case and then go with next use cases. We can also do security for, let's say, one region. And that's the beauty of the cloud. There's no single gate, uh, unlike data center. You can be uh, using their existing solution for one uh, part, but use Vaultix for the second part. Yeah, and add to that, Vishal, I think that what's been interesting to us since we saw for a multitude of different uh, you know, insertion points, if you will, when you look at ingress, east, west, uh, egress as an example, what we've seen in the last year is actually the, the biggest land tends to be egress, the egress specific use case, where uh, somebody is now, they're in the cloud, they're typically uh, compliance oriented, so financial services, healthcare, et cetera, and they want to make sure that, as an example, as a healthcare provider, that patient records are not leaving their account, right? So just adding that layer at egress, same thing with financial services with customer information, credit cards, et cetera. So just ensuring that um, you're compliant from be it HIPAA or some other regulatory requirement where even if you're sending data off to an S3 bucket to do backup, you know, a lot of our customers don't wanna do that. They wanna make sure that the, the right data is staying within the account. Mm. Mm. So we start there and then start to expand based upon that and that's where the usage grows and it becomes an expansion play. I like the visibility mode, uh, especially um, j just to be able to start with that in the beginning and then come up with your list of use cases. It almost gives you your your roadmap from there, how you're going to implement it, and then you can phase it all in. Well, okay, let's say I've had Vaultix uh, installed for a while uh, and I'm doing that whole infrastructure as code thing. I would like to automate and cloudify this infrastructure as much as, much as possible. And what you've described all sounds very friendly to that. But when I'm at that point where as an app is deployed and there's a pipeline and I want the Vaultix provisioning to be handed off to that pipeline, is there, can I do that? Yeah, absolutely. We actually have customers doing that. And that's why everything is fully terraformed. So um, as soon as your applications are spawned, as your VPCs come up, you can have automation by saying, okay, I want to have Vaultix deployed in that VPC and can have the right policies. And we have a customer who actually was using a kind of legacy solution, was uh, taking like days. Uh, everything in their pipeline was CICD except security. Now with Vaultix, everything is CICD. So full Terraform, whatever we do. Hmm. Okay. okay. Can you also manage the policies and the control plane with the Terraform provider or an API? Yeah, everything again, uh, northbound from the control plane is all Terraform. Again, anything between the control plane and data plane is all Vaultic secret sauce. We don't need APIs for that. That is just, mm -hmm. you give the intent and we do all the work. When we say Terraform, it's all about northbound of the control plane. Whatever you can do from the UI, you can do anything and everything via Terraform. This has been uh, a, a lovely engineering conversation, but there is a practical aspect that we have not gotten into. Uh, that is about licensing. How is 
How is Valtix? Uh, is it is it metered? Is it like I don't know? I, explain it to us. What is the licensing model here? Yeah, we we charge per box. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you can help yourself. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't help myself there. No, we so we we uh, focus on where consumption play. So uh, we have a series of customers that use uh, pay as you go. So they just monthly whatever their usage is, we send them the bill. Um, uh, and the majority of our customers do bulk credit hours. So very similar to what you see with Snowflake and Datadog and others where they're, uh, you know, the typical pay as you go is, is going to be at $1.38 per hour. So if you do the math of that, that's basically about 12 grand a year uh, per instance. Um, and so you have customers that, that do that. If you want something less than $1.38, you buy bulk credit hours and burn those hours down over time. So typically our, our customers work with us to determine this is what they would expect in terms of consumption over the course of a given time period, such as 12 to 18 months. Um, they buy that bulk credit hours and they get a lower price uh, by doing so. So very flexible. It's You're paying for what you use. You're not doing the normal thing that you would do on-prem with, with boxes and licenses. Uh, it, it's one price for, for every aspect of what we do, which is $1.38. Well, there's still going to be a compute charge that I'm paying from my cloud provider, correct? That is correct. So the data plane that resides within the end user account that is actually using their their own compute. So that's that actually is on the customer to to pay for that that aspect. That that is correct. And then the, the other thing I will add is discovery, which is a, a really important part of what we do, and getting that visibility up front. That's free, as Michelle mentioned, right? So we want people to use discovery. We want them to get that experience, and then over time, uh, be more and more open to turning on security services. So. So we see that as a very powerful way to get inserted in cloud accounts. Did you just tell me that this is how I try Vaultix for free, more or less, that I can put it on in discovery <laughs> mode and it's, there's not going to be enforcement happening, but I could kind of get a sense of it and it costs me, is it truly nothing except for my compute? That is correct. What? So, Ethan, what? actually, there are two parts to it. Um, in the discovery mode, uh, first discovery mode, you don't even pay for your compute. It's all using cloud because APIs. there's no enforcement, which is happening in compute, right? So... So it's actually, technically, it's free all the way around for an end user. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Very cool. Well, this is already a robust offering, uh, but I am curious to know what's what's next. Is there a roadmap for Vaultics? For sure. Uh, as we touched upon some other things, we want to own the network security for the apps in the cloud. That is where we stand. Uh, anywhere we can't be, we see that as a gap. For example, we touched upon some areas about containers, uh, about pass. Uh, we continue to evaluate different application architectures and continue to cover everything from network security. We want to own that. So all our roadmap is towards that. I mean, the enforcement point today, for example, is think about easy to compute, but uh, it can be somewhere uh, on a sidecar, right, tomorrow. So that's where we see we want to be in the path everywhere and, and do network security. And we continue to enhance uh, our platform for that. We continue to look at cloud providers for some of that. And that's where I think is a bulk of where we come from. Gotcha. So if folks are interested in learning more, taking advantage of that uh, free discovery process, Doug, where are some places they could go to check that out? Yeah, for, uh, for the uh, listeners here, we actually have a, a promo at Vaultix.com uh, forward slash day two. So they can go, they can go try it out. So it's, it's not just discovery, but also uh, we're doing a little bit of a promo uh, to get people interested in the platform. And of course you can go to Vaultix.com and 
there are videos, there's a demo, uh, you know, walk through the product. And, and of course you can, you can try it. We, we'd love to have people uh, kick the tires and, and let us know what they think. Awesome. And we will include all of those links in the show notes. So you don't have to try to remember them off your head, top of your head. But if you do want to remember that one link, it's vaultix.com slash day two, two is the number two. That is going to do it for us today. Many thank yous to Doug Murray and Vishal Jane for introducing Vaultix to day two cloud listeners and to Vaultix for sponsoring today's show. And virtual high fives to you for tuning in. If you have suggestions for future shows, we would love to hear them. Hit either of us up on Twitter at Day2CloudShow, or you can fill out the form on my fancy website, netinthecloud.com. If you like engineering-oriented shows like this one, visit packetpushers.net slash subscribe. All of our podcasts, newsletters, and websites are there. It's all nerdy content designed for your professional career development. Until next time, remember, cloud is what happens while IT is making other plans.